sins away. Oh, say much I'm glad. From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. We're delighted to have you along with us today. We're looking this week at a short series of messages on a nation at the crossroads. Monday and Tuesday, we talked about some of the things that have brought us to a crossroad. Decisions have to be made. Building around some passages here in Deuteronomy chapter 30, where the Lord laid out the case between life and death, between good and evil, and then said to us, we have to make a choice. And that choice is something that has to be made when you get to the crossroads. Now, yesterday and today and tomorrow, we're going to be looking at solutions. What do we do if we're at the crossroads? What do we do? What fork in the road do we take? I'll get to that in just a moment. But just a reminder that coming in July next month, July 18 through 21, the National Sword of the Lord Conference is going to be at the Gospel Light Baptist Church in Walkertown, North Carolina. That's in the Winston-Salem metropolitan area. And we're looking forward to a great national conference. Great auditorium there, large facility, and all the facilities that we need to handle a large crowd of folks. And we want you to be a part of that. We've been doing these conferences for many, many years. And listen, we believe they make a difference in people's lives. They'll help your family. Family, they'll help your church. They'll help our nation. So I want you to plan to attend. Bring your family. Bring your church family. July 18 through 21. Get on our website at swordofthelord.com and see the full details. Now remember, we're looking at this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 30, where the Lord said, I command thee this day, verse 16, to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land. Verse 17 says, But if thine heart turn away, so that thou will not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish. And then he says in verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. So it does make a difference what we do, and it does make a difference for generations to come. That passage makes that very, very clear. Now, I said yesterday that we need to decide not just to identify the problem, but to make some choices about what we do. What are the solutions when we get to the crossroads as we are here in the nation? Well, Yesterday, we talked about personal repentance and putting God back in priority place. I want to continue with some thoughts about how to solve the dilemma. Number three in my list of suggestions here about what we can do to solve the dilemma is to reinstate the Ten Commandments. Now, some of you are well acquainted with the Ten Commandments, but by and large across America, these basic laws of God have been lost they have been set aside. They've been forgotten. In fact, every once in a while in talking to people about coming to Christ, trying to lead them to the Savior, someone will say to me, well, I'm living by the Ten Commandments. Every time that someone says that, I will say to them, tell me about the Ten Commandments. And every single time that I've done that, and I've done it several dozen times over the years, every single time the person who says they're living by the Ten Commandments typically cannot even name half of them. 
So I'm concerned here that we have let them slip away from us. Certainly on a national level, we've done that, and many, many of us personally. Now, in all fairness, if you were to hit me with the question, name the Ten Commandments, I would be able to identify them. You give me a multiple-choice question, I can identify them. But if I had to recite them off the top of my head, I'd probably be slow at it. I think I could get it eventually. But just in all fairness to the person who doesn't know them at all, I will say that. Now, I think we need to reinstate the Ten Commandments. And here they are. They're reported twice in the Bible. In Exodus 20 and in Deuteronomy 5, you have the complete list, both places. And here they are. The Bible says, chapter 20 of Exodus, verse number 3, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And that's gods with a little g. The Lord makes very clear. People are going to manufacture gods. They're going to make their own gods. And that's what people do. They whittle them out of wood. They uh, carve them out of other things like ivory. Or uh, maybe they reshape gold and silver to make some kind of an image. And then they say that is their god. Well, it's just dead wood. It's dead gold. It's not anything live at all. It has no power except as the person looks at it and imagines that somehow it's going to be a help to them. And the Lord prohibits that. Whenever we set God the Almighty aside for something that is totally powerless, then we have made a huge mistake. And so commandment number one is, thou shalt have no other gods before me. The second one, verse number four, says, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, and thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. So here we're talking about the making of these false gods. And he says, just don't go there. Do not do that. And in fact, some people make gods that are not even cut out of things. They're not graven at all. But instead, they just come up with a name for something. And all at once, they've got a name they attach that has no bearing whatsoever to reality. And I think you understand what I'm saying here. I just want you to know there's a difference in all of this, and it is not the same. The Almighty is God. He's the Creator. He's the Savior. And we need to understand that, and there is no one that can take His place, and we're not to make these kinds of things and call them gods and bow down before them. Verse number 7 says, and this is commandment number 3, "...thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain." Well, there's more than one way to do this. Some people are just uh, mouthing things that they ought never to say, profaning the name of God. And then there are others who embrace the name of God, and then they go out and embarrass the name of God. And all of this, I think, violates this commandment. Now, number four is remembering the Sabbath day to keep it holy. God has set aside a day, six days were to labor, and a seventh day we are to set aside for the Lord. And somehow or another, this too has gone really, really awry all across the nation. People are mowing their yards, they're playing ball games, they're doing this, they're doing that, something else, but they're not honoring the Lord on His day. Now, all four of these first commandments are related to God. Now, when we get to commandment number five, it begins to deal with our man-to-man, our human-to-human relationships. Verse number 12 says, Honor thy father and thy mother. Now, once again, 
we're looking at something here that has really gotten fouled up all across the nation. Parents uh, sometimes absolutely despise their children. Children despise their parents. They fight like cats and dogs. There's no honor in that. That simply is not the way life is to be lived. And the Lord said, you honor your father and mother, and it'll extend your days on the earth. Verse number 13, commandment number 6 says, thou shalt not kill. Now, we're just simply talking here about the senseless taking of another person's life. We've got an amazing amount of that going on here in America, maybe 13 or 14,000 murders every year across the land. We've had a recent rash of mass shootings, people just arbitrarily walking in someplace and doing damage, uh, people using all kinds of weapons to do that. Verse number 14 says, and this is commandment number seven, thou shall not commit adultery. Now, again, we're looking here at the fact God expects not only faithfulness to him, but he expects us to be faithful to the commitments that we make in our family. And that all begins with a man and a woman yielding themselves to one another, committing themselves to one another, and being faithful to each other. And when that vow is violated, that is an adulterous act. It's an adulterous situation. And it ought never, ever to happen. It happens a lot, but it ought not to happen. And the Bible says, don't do that. In verse 15, we have commandment number eight that says, thou shalt not steal. Here we have private property. This is a basic principle of economics. It's a basic principle of a good and uh, civil society. And he simply says, we're not to take other people's property. Verse number 16 is commandment number nine that says, thou shall not bear false witness against thy neighbor. What are we talking about here? Lying. We're talking about just telling things that are not so, and people gossip and slander, and they'll do all kinds of things that are not true in order to make a deal. And listen, this is a pandemic in America. Lying has become a way of life in this great nation, and it ought not so to be. Verse number 17 says, Thou shalt not covet. That is, your neighbor has a house. You should not look at that and try to lust after it in such a way that you're going to try to take it from him. It goes on to mention his wife, his servants, uh, his animals, etc., or anything that is thy neighbor's. Don't lust after it. Don't say, I'm going to go see if I can get that. Now, we're not talking about trying to buy something from him, but we're talking about trying to figure out a way that we can get it in some kind of an unjust way. So here we have these Ten Commandments. Sometimes we call them the Decalogue, meaning ten words that God has given. Ten mandates that God has given for an orderly society. And what I'm saying here is, if you and I take the stand that we ought to take, it will involve reinstating the Ten Commandments. Living by those, not just declaring them, but living by them and insisting in our relationships, in our family, our business, whatever, that these basic laws are in fact held high. Now, we've had all kinds of battles here in America about the posting of the Ten Commandments. It's like, oh, you can't put that up in a schoolroom, or you can't put that up at the courthouse, because somehow or other that would violate church and state. Well, very frankly, folks, if I can think of some theological word to describe that, it's just pure hogwash. These are basic civil things, things that if people do these, I mean, it will make a difference in society. Now, let me make suggestion number four. We're looking at these suggestions about how to deal with our situation with the nation at the crossroads. We need repentance. We need to put God back in priority place. We need to reinstate these 10 basic laws of God and make them national norms. 
And then number four, we need to make church center stage everywhere. Every little village, every town, every city, I mean all out across the rural areas, the landscape needs to be dotted with church buildings where the people meet to make ado about serving the Lord. And this needs to be done not on some kind of a compromised basis, not on some kind of a accommodation to the world where rock and roll music and other things like that have invaded the church house. No, instead, it needs to be the kind of a place and the kind of an event that just makes it possible for people to come aside from the world, come out of the world, and get a whole new vision of what it is to live, what it is to serve God. And church needs to take center stage once again. The preacher, the pastor, needs to be able to occupy the pulpit and do the very things that I'm doing right here at this microphone today. Talk straight. Talk plain. Lay it out so that we understand the great issues of salvation, needing to get our lives straightened out and live for the Lord, issues of time and eternity, getting all of that laid out in little villages, big towns, everywhere, all across the nation. I'm telling you, folks, our churches need to awaken. The man of God needs to be back in the pulpit. The thunder needs to be back in the pulpit. And we need, once again, to see all of these things taking place where the, the church is the kind of place that gets attention in your town, and it may make the difference for you, for your family, and for a lot of other people. These are great principles that we need to get hold of. And so, Lord willing, tomorrow I'll talk some more about some of these things that I think we can do to solve the issues that we have in the nation. We are living on the edge where we're just, I mean, the nation is collapsing, and we need to get down to business and get serious about it and serve the Lord with every ounce of energy that we have in our being. So thank you for letting me talk to you about it today, and I look forward to being back again tomorrow. So plan to join me then. In the meantime, write me a note. Let me know that you hear the broadcast, and if I can be a blessing to you, I'm glad to do so. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Until tomorrow, dear friends, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.